you're passionate about transforming retail operations and improving performance, plus you're accountable for key change projects and programs in your company, then you're in the right place. Welcome to the Retail Transformation Show with me, Oliver Banks. Well, hello there. I'm Oliver Banks, and this is the Retail Transformation Show. Thank you very much for tuning in. This one is episode 61. And as the year begins to draw to a close, let's take a whistle-stop tour back through the past 12 months, looking at some of the big stories that have been going on in retail transformation and highlighting some lessons that we can take from it. Now, you know just as well as I do that the retail industry continues to experience some pretty extreme levels of change and evolution. Unfortunately, this year we've continued to see many, many retail companies hit the wall, fall into administration, go into bankruptcy and shut up shop, which is very sad. Each one really hurts me because there is a better way. I strongly believe that. But I am keen to keep this one a little bit of an optimistic episode rather than a doom and gloom episode. So I do think it's really important to look back so that we can take lessons and really learn for the future. Maybe it's going to present you with some ideas and opportunities to take forward in the future. But perhaps alternatively, you're going to see some pitfalls or get more visibility of some of the risks that are coming at you, so that you can avoid failure. Either way, I hope to leave you better equipped to take on that future. So like last year, back in episode 10, we're going to be reviewing some of the big stories from the world of retail, month by month. And we'll look at taking a particular lesson from each month. Now, there is going to be a bit of a UK theme, although some of the stories are more international. But I do want to warn you, if you are coming from the US or Australia or Europe, wherever, there is going to be a UK theme to some of these stories. But I do hope that the lessons are still highly valuable. I personally think they're transferable across the entire retail world. And I am going to be keen to ask you as well, what? has been your standout story from the year, from 2019. Do comment on perhaps one of my social media posts about this episode, episode 61, or tag me and share what your standout story has been from the past 12 months. You can find me on LinkedIn. I'm over there, Oliver Banks, and I'd love to be connected with you. Just do reach out and personalize that invite say that you're a listener to the show, it would be great to hear from you. Or you can find me on Instagram and I am there, oliverbanks.uk or on Twitter, ollie underscore banks, O-L-L-I-E underscore banks. So do reach out or hey, why not send an email? You can find that at oliver.banks at obandco.uk. And just before we get going, Show notes for this episode can be found over at obandco.uk slash 61. Right, let's get straight on into it. January 2019. This month saw the start of one of the most peculiar stories 
that I've ever seen in retail or in business. It was the saga between Mike Ashley and Debenhams. What we saw was Mike Ashley whipping Debenhams shareholders up into a bit of a frenzy. Mike Ashley's sports director, of course, or were, of course, a major shareholder in Debenhams. I think they were around 30%. But what ended up happening is it resulted from that shareholder noise in Chairman Ian Cheshire stepping down from that role and even ousting the CEO, Sergio Boucher, from the board. So you had the CEO was not a member of the Debenhams board. And it continued to get more peculiar through the year. We eventually had Mike Ashley challenging Sergio Boucher to a lie detector test. And then later on in the year, we even had rumours of Sports Direct wanting to sue Debenhams for various reasons for keeping things away and essentially letting it play out as it did. And of course, all along, the media were very keen to continue to document this. It's a very interesting story. People really lapped it up. You know, newspapers, TV, social media was all over what was going on and the crazy developments going on. So what's the lesson that we can take from January? Well, it's a refresher. The media love a good story. So it is absolutely important that you do transform effectively so that you stay in control and you don't end up on the front pages for the wrong reasons. Moving on. And into February, and February focuses on Ocado for a couple of different reasons. Earlier on in the month, February 2019, we saw that huge Ocado warehouse fire. It burned for four days. And this is in one of their automated warehouses, which was set up for robots, which made it very difficult for the firefighters to get in there and really tackle the blaze. It was an issue with the sprinkler system. And it basically obliterated the entire warehouse. So that was some really pretty bad news for Ocado early on in February. But then it flipped around later on in the month with one of the big stories of the whole year, in my opinion. The Ocado deal with M&S, with Marks and Spencers. It was announced in February. It completed in August. And it was big for a couple of reasons. Number one. Ocado were moving away from their historic deal with Waitrose that has really set them up into the position that they're in today and instead moved in with Marks and Spencers who were essentially acquiring 50% of Ocado. But also from M&S's point of view, they'd never really gone in with the whole online food delivery. So this was a step up to take Ocado's solutions and be able to implant them in, it gave them an instant capability in that marketplace, albeit with an expensive price tag of around £750 million. So what's the lesson for February? Well, a reminder of the importance of having good e-commerce capability in today's retail marketplace, really, and the power of partnering or acquiring to really fill in the gaps in your operating model or your organizational capability. But at the very same time, a stark reminder of the fragile nature of an e-commerce business, where you do have a few warehouses rather than many shops. If one of those does unfortunately suffer something like a fire or, or another 
bad situation. It really can hamper your operational capability. So you must think how you could get around that particular issue. Into March, and we saw Instagram announcing in-app shopping features, making it so easy for customers to shop straight from the app for their favorite brands and some of the hottest products. Now, I think this is going to continue to be a trend that we see in the next few years. We have Instagram and other social media platforms that are going to be a new shopping channel that we continue to talk about as consumers and makes shopping on websites almost obsolete. Perhaps, who knows? But the lesson for March, absolutely, is that shopping is changing. We want to make things simpler and easier for consumers, for customers. And you must focus on doing that. You must focus on being where they are right now. Moving on into April, and there were so many different developments coming out in April. We had the continuation of the Debenhams storyline, where they went into a planned administration. And I personally thought that whole planned administration direction worked really well. It was not the chaotic bum fight. It seemingly worked well because, well, there's planning in the background. And I hope it was a lot smoother for the colleagues in terms of security around their future direction as well. Next, we had the Sainsbury's Asda CMA decision. And the CMA is the Competitions and Market Authority here in the UK. So they'd announced their intention to merge Sainsbury's and Asda, two big supermarkets here in the UK. And the CMA basically said, no, frankly, it was going to result in too little competition for consumers. Now, both Sainsbury's and Asda walked away from the deal fairly quickly after this. But what was really interesting was that it raised questions in the industry around how up-to-date the CMA are, how much they really understand what is going on in retail. You know, they hadn't looked at how things like the discounters are changing the supermarket market. It would come out that this deal has been basically blocked for the next 10 years, which is basically a total write-off of the idea. Also in April, we had Walmart announcing some robotics trials in 5,000 of their stores. So going big on that, we had Lush wanting to step out of doing corporate social media, but still very much allowing their stores to engage and create content for their customers on social media. But from a corporate perspective, they were withdrawing. And we also saw Sainsbury's back in the news towards the end of the month, launching the UK's first till-free grocery store. It was a trial in London and their answer to Amazon Go. Ultimately, it would last until September before they started to reinstate tills in that store. But our lesson for April is the importance of trials and being bold to move forward. Whether it's looking at acquisitions, whether it's looking at robotics, looking at coming out of social media or some other big move, you do have to speculate to accumulate, right? There is going to be risk in whatever direction you take. But I also can promise you staying in the exact same position you are in now and not taking any risk, that's not going to work. So April was a busy month in terms of retail news in 2019. So without further ado, let's continue our whistle-stop tour through the year and go into May. 
Now, I was particularly interested in one of the big collaborations this month between Amazon and Next, and in particular on building a combined click and collect offering. Both Amazon and Next have been doing well in the retail market recently, so it's great to see that collaboration coming together. And the other story that caught my eye this month was some research by OCNC and the World Retail Congress, which showed that only 3% of retailers think their business model is fit for five years' time. And in fact, 76% felt that their business needed some fundamental changes to their overall proposition. That's a pretty big number. There's a lot of transformation still to come. So the lesson for May is on that same theme. The world is changing and it's going to continue to change. So you must absolutely consider how you will transform your business. What are the options? How are you going to take action? And how are you going to do something new? perhaps like Amazon and Next, and looking at a partnership. Who knows? Then, as we move into June, we saw another one of the soap operas, the dramas of the retail world playing out. This was the Arcadia CVA, which seemed to play for a number of weeks on the will it work, won't it work, will it happen, will it not, who knows? A CVA is a company voluntary arrangement where basically businesses with financial difficulties can renegotiate terms with their suppliers. Most commonly, we see retailers looking to get reduced rents or even rent-free periods from their landlords. So that's a CVA, if you're not familiar with the term, which is a UK-centric term. We saw the results from a, a landlord vote be delayed, but eventually it did go through. There were a number of different CVAs for the number of different landlords. And of course, the media once again were loving all of the different permutations of what could happen or what's going on. But our lesson for June is that CVAs are still going on for struggling companies. But there is increasing evidence that shows that if you go through a CVA, you still risk falling into administration. You still risk shutting up shop later on. So a CVA is only really a stay of execution. It is not the solution. But what you must do is you must use that stay of execution effectively. Use that time to transform your business. Don't just think it's just about the rents and rates. If your business is not working, that's something you need to fix. And going rent-free is not the long-term solution, right? I hope you can understand that. So use the time effectively and transform swiftly. And as we move into July, we're going to stick with that theme of CVAs because we started to see landlords really struggling and starting to talk about transformation themselves. So in the wake of CVAs that we particularly saw last year in 2018, and of course this year in 2019, as well as the plethora of administrations and closing retail companies, we saw many landlords, first Hammersons, then Into, then Westfield, start to announce that their profits were going to take a hit too. So what they were doing is they're transforming. They're looking at simplifying their cost structures. They're looking at diversifying away from retail into other industries, whether it's co-working spaces or leisure brands to come and fill in what were retail units, of course. 
So the lesson for July is that the retail market contains more than just the retailers. We, the whole industry, the whole retail industry, must be more willing to work together to really reverse and overcome the adverse conditions that we do find ourselves in at the moment. Collaboration is going to be a key theme and success factor going forwards, in my opinion. So let's move on into August. And in August, we saw supermarket Asda continue to drive their workforce transformation. They're looking to roll out new contracts to help their workforce be more flexible and more up to date. But what we saw were lots of protests from actually quite a small sector of their current employees that didn't want to sign these new contracts. And we saw protests in August, September, October and so on. And that leads us on to the lesson for August, which is very much that, of course, retail is about people. It's enabled by people. And successful retail is, of course, delivered by great people. But as retailers, we must continue to consider how to effectively transform our workforces to adapt to the changing retail marketplace. We cannot stay put and continue to work as we once did, you know, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, even longer, perhaps. So think, if you're not looking at your workforce transformation, do think about that very seriously. And do look at how you can do it in the best way possible. And as we move into September, we saw a couple of big names fall on hard times. M&S fell out of the FTSE 100, the top 100 companies in the UK. And that was a big deal. It's the first time it's happened in the history of the FTSE. M&S have always been there. And that's a reflection on the challenges of their business, as well as how the retail market is becoming so competitive and the big companies are losing market share to smaller players and Amazon as well, of course. And the second big news story in September was, of course, that travel agent Thomas Cook went into administration. They had hundreds of stores and consumers that were all around the world out on their holidays that needed to be repatriated, brought back home. And of course, the many, many employees that were sadly displaced as well. So our lesson for September is that a big historic heritage brand is not exempt. Quite the opposite, in fact. And you've probably heard this before, right? You must ensure that your brand continues to transform into the new retail marketplace that we find ourselves in today. Don't sit on your laurels. Don't wait for things to happen. Don't assume it's going to be okay. Make sure you stay on the front foot. Make sure you continue to transform, stay up to date. And that's not just a single person or a single team's responsibility. It's the whole company. It's the culture that must transform and be willing to transform as time continues as well. Moving into October, and we had again a few big news stories coming through here. Firstly, we had Tesco's CEO, Dave Lewis, announcing that he was going to step down next year. Dave Lewis was, of course, brought in five years ago to lead Tesco through the transformation, through the turnaround that it's been going on over the past few years. And he was essentially waving the flag of mission complete, which is great to see that that big British retailer has done such a great job. Of course, my previous employer as well. 
Next, we saw ASOS, the online clothing retailer, come against hard times. They'd issued profit warnings and poor results, stemming mainly from IT issues in their warehouse, which ultimately led to a poor set of financials. ASOS were once one of the online darlings, the hotshots, but they are now struggling. They've evolved. They're a big business now, and they're not able to continue to transform as new players come into their marketplace and nibble away at their market share and attract customers away from their proposition into another company. We also saw Adidas launch a new flagship in London, dubbed their LDN store. This really did a great job at bringing their brand to life, their values, their deep product knowledge, their expertise. And the store uses a lot of different technologies actually as well, but enabled in a really sensible way. This was not tech for tech's sake, as we sometimes say. Sure, there were gadgets in there, but they were integrated into the shopping experience, into the shopping trip, in a way that just felt kind of natural, really. Whether it's the magic mirrors, whether it was running machines with, you know, analysis on how you run, or whether it was clever cameras that can help you personalize clothing. It just felt not gimmicky, but it felt natural. And that's great to see. In fact, that new Adidas store in London has been dubbed by some as the flagship of flagships. So if you're in London and you've not had a chance to check out the new Adidas store on Oxford Street, do go and check it out. It's a worthwhile visit. And the fourth bit of interesting news that we saw in October went kind of under the radar. No pun intended, as you'll see. Google's parent company, Alphabet, has a company under it called Wing. And they launched a drone delivery service, the first in the USA. It has all the authorization from the government. And in October, we saw that service launch and the first parcel be delivered by drone. And that leads us on to our lesson for October, which is that technology can play an important part in a new proposition. But if it's not planned or managed effectively, then it can leave you in a very risky position which will ultimately affect your profits and affect your financial performance, as we've seen. So as we begin to come to the year end, in November, the big news story was that Nike announced they were leaving Amazon as a platform. They've been wanting to focus on their DTC, their direct-to-consumer market. And as such, part of their strategy, which they've been fairly open about, was that they wanted to reduce the number of retailers that they're working with. They want to have a a more close relationship with their customers through their stores, through their online propositions as well. And they've decided, hey, Amazon is not for us. So Nike announced they were pulling out of Amazon. So the lesson from November is that if you are a retailer, why should a brand work with you? Why should they want to be stocked by you? And what would you do if you did lose one of your major brands? Do you have all of your eggs in one basket? And do you have a strong proposition for that brand to stay with you? I think this is going to be something that we talk about a lot more over the coming years as the overall theme of DTC, direct to consumer, continues to grow. So I think it's important for retailers to really start thinking very clearly about their purpose, not only to their customers, but also to their suppliers. Why should someone work with your company? 
And now we're here moving into December, news relatively hot off the press. And I think the big story here has got to be, from a UK perspective, about the election and Brexit. Finally, there is some clarity in where we're going and what's going to happen. And that's something we've not had for a number of years. And in fact, in the few weeks since the election, we've had a number of senior retail figures now coming out saying that they're pleased to see this clarity. And like I say, it's something that's been missing for like three years or so in the UK now. So we've seen consumer confidence become lower and lower. So I expect we'll probably start to see that recover a bit as we go into the new year. And hopefully spending will increase a little as well. But of course, there are many developments still to come as new trading deals and relationships are negotiated and agreed. So now is absolutely the time with Christmas basically out of the way as you listen to this. It's really time to think about how are you going to adapt and transform in 2020 as Brexit becomes a reality. And that's the lesson for December, really. Change is going to continue. So look to 2020 as to how you can transform. I'm here to support you. And I do hope you'll continue to tune into the Retail Transformation Show. You may also like to sign up for my weekly retail transformation briefings, which will give you the latest transformation news and tips to help guide you. I fundamentally believe that you can transform. Whatever state your business is in right now, there is a better state that you can move into. And I would love to support you through that. There's going to be lots of exciting things coming out next year. And I am very keen to be your partner and your cheerleader as you go through your retail transformation. So if you're interested in signing up for those retail transformation briefings, they're absolutely free. You can do that over on the show notes page today, which is at obandco.uk slash 61. So I thought it would be good just to very quickly run through those lessons. Once again, those 12 lessons from each month. So January was around recognizing that the media love a good story. So transforming effectively early so that you stay in control. In February, we had the reminder of having good e-commerce capability and partnering or collaborating to make sure that you fill in the gaps. But also with that stark reminder of the fragile nature of e-commerce. In March, inspired by Instagram shopping, we recognize that shopping is changing to make things simpler and easier for customers. You must focus on where your customers already are and how they want to shop, not how you want to serve them. In April, we looked at the importance of trialing things and being bold, speculate to accumulate. As we moved into May, again, it was a recognition that the world is changing and that stat that essentially 97% of retailers feel they are going to need to make changes, some pretty big changes to their business model for the next five years. So consider how the world is changing and consider how you are going to transform. What is it you are going to do and take action on? The lesson from June was that CVAs are still coming through, but they are not the long-term solution. They're just the stay of execution. So you must use that time wisely to reset the business, to make it viable for the future. July's lesson was about that the retail market isn't only retailers. It's the whole industry. And we must come together to collaborate and work out the best way forward to overcome current adverse conditions. From August, 
We know retailers about the people, and this time we learned that we must transform our workforce to get ready for the future. September reminded us once again that heritage brands are not exempt. Every brand must continue to transform for the evolving retail marketplace that we find ourselves in today. October's lesson was about technology, and it can play an important part in a proposition that you make but it must be planned and managed and integrated very effectively, or it could leave you open to excessive risks and challenges. From November, we learnt that you must be very clear as to why brands should work with you as a retailer. What would happen if you lost a major brand? And what is your purpose? Why should a supplier want to work with you? And finally, in December, once again, that message, it's come through so many times. The change and the pace of change will continue and it's going to be relentless. Look to 2020 to look at how you can transform and how you can set your business up for a successful future. And I am here to help you, to support you. Do reach out if I can help you. My email address once again, oliver.banks at obandco.uk. So I would love to know as well, what is your standout story from the year? Which news story has really had a big effect on you or made you see things in a different way? I'd love to hear from you on any of the different social channels. Do reach out and let me know. And the final thing for me to say, of course, is Merry Christmas. I hope you have a fantastic time with your family, with your loved ones, with your friends. And it's a pleasure, as always, to spend some time with you reflecting on what's going on in the world of retail and looking forward to how you can make your retail transformation a success. I know you can do it, and I am here to support you. Have a fantastic Christmas, and I'll catch you in the next episode. Cheers. Cheers.